Well, welcome back to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. Dr. Jeff Bucknam is the lead pastor of Teaching and Vision at Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicagoland. And I'm your host, Tommy Kreitz. And uh, we are going to have a conversation with someone because we believe that everyone has a story. But before we get into that, we are going to have another conversation. Pre-ramble. The pre-ramble or the preamble ramble uh, where we talk about whatever it is that we want to talk about. Tommy, I'm going to tell you right now what we're talking about for the first couple of minutes here. Okay, I feel ready. like we need to confess our sins to the people. We do. And admit that we are not skilled at picking <laughs> football. And if you listened last week, you heard our wild card round predictions. Mm-hmm. I was wrong about every one of them. <laughs> oh, man. What a tough week. What a every tough week. week. But I'm actually here because I want to know... Uh, I don't know if people noticed this, but uh, this last week in sports world, yep. there were a lot of people taking a lot of joy in the demise of the Cowboys. Yeah, I felt that. And Tommy, as as the, as the regional Cowboy fan yep, from yep. from uh, from Wisconsin, yeah, who grew up despising the Packers, yeah, and loving the Cowboys, yeah, you are now in a position to know that. The Packers of Green Bay dash the hopes once again. Yeah. Yeah. It, it goes to remind me that being a Cowboys fan uh, is much like the beginning of the book Ecclesiastes. <laughs> it's Hevel. It's Hevel. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it is meaningless. It really is. Yeah. The, hey, they're in the playoffs hey, this year. It's okay. Meaningless. Means the, nothing. They're the going to lose. The difference between the Packers and the Cowboys is one week. You know that every year... The Packers are like, hey, we won a playoff game, and then they lose the next one mm-hmm. or the one after that. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. The Cowboys just lose the first one. They get it out of the way. Out of the way. We're not going to win this thing, so we're just going to duck out gracefully they, now. They leave everybody with time on their hands. Yeah. But the Packers, they keep stringing you along. Yeah, they're a little, they yeah. They keep doing that. it. And then and then when you get good and committed, yep. they rip your heart out they and stomp you. on it. Yeah, luckily this this happened before I got any of my hopes up. Well, it was lived, hard. It was hard to watch them lose to the Packers. You, you've lived long enough to know. You know. You've seen yeah. this story well, since ninety six. Yeah, it really has been. <laughs> How old are you? I'm thirty five. When were you born? Eighty eight. Oh my. So God. I grew up in the the cowboy glory days. Troy Aikman, Jay Novacek. Did you know there's a book called Eighty Eight Reasons Why Jesus Is Returning in Nineteen Eighty Eight? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Wow, there is. Go look it up. I will look it up now. So, need to. I need to learn more almost, about my birth year. You almost didn't exist. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, Man, good thing that guy was wrong. Who was it? I can't remember. No. Is it Hal Lindsey? No, I can't remember the name of the author of that. There's, there's so many. He was numerology. In, he was one in many, many, many a long line of. Those who said the earth is the world's going to end on this particular date, and then after the, it doesn't, they're like, "Ah, I didn't carry the one." <laughs> yeah. Where were you for the Y two K crisis? So, I was in New Zealand, the you were? first okay. place on the planet that was going to experience it. We were the canary in the coal mine, and so so if you when I stood, yeah. I was standing below the Auckland Sky Tower, and all of the all of the fireworks went off on the Sky Tower, and every light was still on. Everywhere, I looked. I mean, I looked around. At, oh, there's a whole bunch of people there, and everyone kind of looked at each other and went, "Well, okay, we did it." So, <laughs> so there you had it. Yeah, all that problem, all those. Do you issues. remember that? Yeah, I sure do. 
It's the end of the world as we knew it. Tommy, I think that there are uh, I, there are yearly end of the world things. Why do you think that's the case? Why why is our society so addicted? Yeah. To end of the worldness at every turn. Yeah. I don't know. That's a that's such a deep. You're a pastor. You don't know. A, that's such a deep uh, a deep preamble ramble question. I wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> it's, Why it's are weird, people though, so right? addicted to the preparation of the end of the world? Right? Because well, that's really what they're like. The doomsday preppers, the Y two Kers, like those guys were all about. The end is coming. We got to prepare for in the various end. forms. It yeah. doesn't matter. Like we're going to get swallowed up by a giant wave. We're, oh, okay. it's, oh, it's, I lived in the yeah. Seattle area, of course, and that the big one's going to hit because of the earthquake, you know, sure. and Mount Rainier is going to blow. I'm telling you, yep. she's going to blow and it's all, we're all dead. And, uh, now climate change yeah. and, Inevitable. Uh, which before that it was like the earth is getting frozen. Yeah. What about an asteroid? Oh, remember could, acid? You probably, you're too young, but in the eighties acid rain, that was like a thing. Yeah. Everybody's freaking out about the acid rain. And then the ozone in the nineties, it was the ozone layer, which apparently has yeah. closed up now. I don't, I well, don't good. I know that's good. It's, and then the sea, Oh, the sea ice is going to be where the, there's not uh-huh. going to be any ice in, in the Arctic in no. by 2000. It'll, it'll raise the waters and then it'll, which is crazy. Cause apparently last year they had more sea ice in, in, uh, or this year in this winter, they have had more ice in the Arctic than for a very long time. Yeah. It's confusing to me. I I, I, I I have to understand. I have to say I don't understand the science, dude. In every not just that, but every every single uh, election is the most important election in the history of elections. Yes, democracy is yeah. at stake, and that's not from just one side. Both sides are like, nah, but democracy. Yeah, I just it's I the perpetual doomsday. Perpetual yeah, doomsday World syndrome. War Three is supposed to happen. Yeah, like I don't know how many different times over. Oh, World I've War Three is happening. Much, yeah. This year's the last year that we're going to have any money anywhere. You better get your yeah, bucket of food. Inflation's over. Yeah. Why do you think people are so like obsessed with? I think fear sells. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I well, actually think that that's. It's, I feel like the me- the media is really uh, capitalized the, on that one. Follow the money, man. I think that at the end of the day, it's people are. Ooh. You can you can you can make some bucks Conspiracy. off of uh, off of scaring people to death, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Well, what was that? Uh, and none of you these and are I were fun. Watching. Why can't we have a zombie apocalypse? That sounds way better. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no money to be made there. Uh, what is the... Well, COVID, maybe... COVID comes along. It doesn't turn anybody at all into <laughs> zombies or werewolves. What Or werewolves. What uh, what, what was that show? Or that, uh, not the show, but the video that you and I were watching. Who is the televangelist who was selling like end of the world packs? <laughs> Jim Baker. Jim Baker. That's so right. So for those of you who don't know, Jim Baker was in the 1980s. He was part of the P- PTL, praise the Lord. His... He and Jim and Tammy Faye Baker were kind of the two Tammy first Faye, that's right, there it is. big evangelists, uh, televangelists. Tammy Faye had massive makeup on. That's why everybody kind of knew who she was. But there's a, there's some great books about him. If you ever get a chance to watch like a documentary about it, it's fascinating. Uh, they were stealing money and lying to people all over the place, yeah. and he had illicit relationships and stuff. Anyway, he ends up going to jail for fraud, I think. And he gets out of jail. Yep. He's divorced now. Tammy Faye goes her own way. And Jim goes and finds a new wife and starts up the ministry again. But now his ministry is basically uh, the world's going to end. Yep. The whole show is about how all of this stuff that's going on in the world is meeting vi- biblical prophecy, yep. supposedly. Uh-huh. And then somewhere in the middle of it, he goes over to the bucket. He has buckets yeah. of food. Yeah. And he mixes it. He, he mixes, mixes one of them. 
<laughs> like honestly, go YouTube it. Yeah, it's Jim, a good. It's a Jim, good watch. Jim Baker buckets. Yeah, and you will and you will experience some goodness. But yes. that, yeah, there's you got all these people sitting there. And he's uh-huh. like, you need to have 14 buckets to get. We have a special deal, $2,500 for the 20 buckets for a food. You're yep. going to need these buckets when the world gets. And people bought them. They did. They, they, they continue to. There was a guy actually online who decided that he would buy some buckets. And then he they actually did. I think you watch this on YouTube as well. They started tasting them. Yeah. They were pretty bad. I did not like no, that. They were not, not uh, fans of the old bucket, uh, bucket the broccoli food. cheese. Yeah, the wasn't broccoli cheese. They you know, but when I think of broccoli cheese, I really do think of like, man, we should have that from a bucket. You know? Oh my gosh! That's the there way that I, actually, that's how I like to enjoy my broccoli. In and one cheese. of the videos, he takes a big bunch of rice yeah, and throws <laughs> it in the bucket and then the cheese oh man it's yeah that one's gross and he tastes it and like, well then he mixes it with a shovel no, right? Isn't that right and then he has like a <laughs> shovel that he's mixing it with <laughs> oh man okay oh my goodness we were just talking uh about cheese and how um we should at some point have the podcast go on the road to like uh like it's like several we were talking about several different places, but go on the road for like, uh, go to the Brat Stop. Have you ever been to the Brat Stop? No, but you're looking over there to Wesley. Yeah. Oh, and Sherry. And Sherry. And we're, we should. This is a great idea. On location. At the on Brat location Stop. at the Brat Stop or, uh, and then right up the street from the Brat Stop is a place called Mars Cheese Castle. Done. And I just want to just have you mic'd up. While eating. No, just walking through the Marsh Cheese Castle and just saying your thoughts. <laughs> what do you think about the place that you're in right now? Well, this might be a special a special episode of the podcast. Special episode coming uh, not when it's freezing. All right. When it's a little bit warmer. Speaking of cheese castles. Speaking of cheese castles is our guest. Uh, no relation to cheese or castles. Um, but we're going to have a conversation. You're going to have a conversation with Dan Madison, uh, who is a student pastor at our Aurora campus, and uh, you're going to talk because he's have he has a story because everyone has a story. You guys are going to get into his right now. Let's go. So I'm sitting here right now with Tom Madison's little brother, Dan Madison. For those of you who don't know who Tom Madison is and was, he was the worship leader, pastor at our Aurora campus for quite a while, has since moved to greener pastures, and he brought in his little brother to replace him. That's right. The better but model. Not, but not actually to replace him in the music. He's He put him in charge of the, uh, of the youth down there at Aurora. It's great to see you, Dan. Uh, glad to be here. So for those of you who don't uh, know Dan, I need to describe him for a minute. Uh, if he, he is kind of a red-heady sort of dude with a redder beard, and the beard looks like... Do you ever seen that show? What's that show, The Duck Dynasty? Oh, yeah. It looks like you've got a beginner's Duck Dynasty beard. Working on it. It's, okay. it's, it's coming along. Yeah, Uncle What's-His-Name on that show. Oh, I can't man. remember now. Uncle Cy? Cy. That's right. <laughs> That's Looney right. Guy. That's right. Have you always had, how long have you had a beard? Since you were about 12, 13? Cause no, about eight. 
<laughs> no, I, I, I've been growing it. I don't know, maybe long. I've been growing it for just a few years here. Okay. I was uh, I was planning on going to Pakistan actually, and oh, wow. I wanted to try and blend in, so I grew a really big red beard. Yes, yeah. that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I mean, the beard would fit in, but the color probably not so no, much. Not at all. How long have you been married? It's been uh, it's been seven months as of today. Okay, so she's never known you without the beard. No, no. Wow. <laughs> I trained her on it. Okay. <laughs> that because yeah. One day she's going to be like, wonder what you look like under the beard. And then it's going to be shocking. She's seen it short, you know, but uh, yeah. I don't let it go too short. Okay. Don't want her to get too used to it because she might like it. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Dan, where are you from? Where, where Where's your hometown? Like if I say hometown, what is, where is that? Like where I grew up, right? Sure. Yeah, I grew up in uh, Syracuse, New York. Really? Mm -hmm. Are in you a cold. Syracuse Orange fan? Uh, as much as, I don't know. Do you like Jim Bayheim? Mm, no, not anymore. He's getting old. Yeah, he is old, but you know <laughs> what? Jimmy Bayheim, he was the he was quite the quite the coach. I have oh, a very yeah. good friend who who loves the Syracuse Orange. Uh and for some reason I I he lived he's from up there somewhere, but not I don't think he's from Syracuse. So or maybe yeah. he is, I don't even remember. But you're from Syracuse. Mm-hmm. It's cold there. It's it's freezing. Apparently, I was I was reading on some article, don't quote me on it. But they were saying it's the snowiest city in the continental U.S. Really? I don't know. I don't know how you define city, but that's what I was hearing. So, how far is it from Buffalo? Mm, hour and a half. Two really? Hours. Yeah, because Buffalo always seems like it's getting buckets of snow. Oh yeah, yeah. But we're we're diagonal from all the lakes, so they're kind of underneath it, and we uh, kind of come over. So you get you get it all. We get a, we get a good What's bit. the biggest snowstorm when you were a kid? What was the biggest amount of snow that you remember having? I remember at least three feet. What? Oh, yeah. You wake up in the morning and there's just snow everywhere. Can't walk through it. I remember uh, before school, did we'd it, have did, to brush okay, off the cars. Did and, it go three feet and then and then you'd have to like dig out and then did it go any higher with the next snow? Uh, most of it would come down, but you know, you might get another eight inches or something. Oh, it depends. It depends. But it was, and what's crazy about it was uh, I lived 1.8 miles from the school, which is just close enough to be a walker to school. And so sure enough, we'd have school, negative 39 wind chill, and uh, I'm lifting my legs real high just to make it through the snow. And so I'll tell that to my kids one day. You're lying. That's not a thing you did. No, I'm not lying. Wow. <laughs> Okay, did they ever cancel school in Syracuse? They they did. So the magic trick was if it kept snowing to about 4.30 or if snowing hard enough till 4.30, then, you know, school would be canceled. But but if it, it slowed down enough, we'd still have school because all the plows could come through. And so it would be 4 a.m. and I'd be praying. I'd pray, Lord, please help the snow to keep coming. I don't want to go. I didn't study for that test. Yep. Did the I, Lord answer a lot of those prayers? Some of them. All right. Well, <laughs> so much so that you didn't study for the next test or, or, you know, uh, I just, I wasn't a very good student. I was going to ask you, or were you, honesty. is that, were you a good student? No, I was no. a horrible student. When so, you say horrible student, like, what are we talking here? Like, couldn't, didn't pass certain classes or like no, barely eked out some of the, some of the classes? I, I was, I had poor discipline. I, I could not focus. So I had undiagnosed ADHD, didn't know it. And so um, 
I just couldn't focus in classes. Classes would bore me. I'd fall asleep in chemistry. Yeah, well. But I still... Does that mean you have ADHD? Because I think that means everybody's got it. Uh, maybe. Maybe everyone has Cause it. Because chemistry, <laughs> chemistry is... <laughs> Oh yeah, it was it was very boring, but uh, but no, I'd pull I'd pull decent grades. I'd fall asleep during lecture, and then I would, you know, pull an eighty on the quiz or whatever. Nice. So just you know, so I you got away with it long enough right, until good. college came and that that whooped me. And Did you go to a high like a a public high school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the name of your high school? Oh man, uh, Charles W. Charles W. Baker High School. Who's Charles Baker? I have no clue. He's the, he's the guy who owned. Guy who he's started. the guy who owned my high school. <laughs> he must be. <laughs> um, really, you don't know who Charles Baker is? I don't know. No, he's a New York legend or a Syracuse legend or something like that. Charles Baker. Okay, maybe. But we were the Baldwinsville Bees. So the, I do remember that we had a big red B logo. It's great. <laughs> the the what? Baldwinsville. What's that? Uh, like that's the name of the town. So. Because it's off of Syracuse. I wasn't right in Syracuse. Okay, so Baldwinsville mm-hmm. Bees. Baldwinsville All Bees. Right. Did you ever play? Were you a sports guy growing up? Only a little bit. Um, I played volleyball for about three years. And what, what? Okay, when did you start playing volleyball? That was when I first got into high school, so ninth okay. grade. What was your position in volleyball? I was front middle. Yeah. For, okay, so tell people what uh, – volleyball is, you know, not a well-known sport in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of women know it a lot, but a lot of the men don't sure. uh, as well. What does a front middle do? Front middle, that's your, that's your main blocker guy. He's trying to block every hit that comes across the net. Right. And, of course, I'm, I'm going up for hits too. So we get a pass, goes to our setter, and then he sets, and hopefully he sets me, <laughs> and, I, and I hit It's not across. a frequent set to the middle. No, not usually. No. But if you have a good one – it can be very effective because oh, yeah. uh, if you've ever seen a quick set, mm-hmm. that usually goes to the middle. That means that the, the the actually the middle jumps up right while the setter is setting. Yep. So he follows the ball almost equal, and he just pounds it as soon as it goes right above the, the net line. Right. And it's a very effective because the other guy usually doesn't have. The guy who's trying to block him usually isn't. Uh, astute enough to jump that that quickly right you got to be watching it real yeah. quick was your team good we were we were pretty decent actually um well so the few years before me we were fantastic i'm i'm pretty sure we won the uh, states or whatever it's oh called. wow but then uh we came in and we were okay yeah not quite <laughs> as strong not quite as strong no we didn't we didn't have the same kind of discipline the rest of the people had we were we you were more hornet than b that's right. That's right. It's quick and punchy, but you know, not as much endurance no, to collect right. the pollen and all. You know, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you like to? So why did you stop playing? Just because you graduated? Yeah. Well, so uh, I stopped playing what would have been my senior year. So I, my final year of high school is actually eleventh grade. Reason why was we had actually uh, ended up moving to Virginia. Oh. And so my dad had gotten a job down there, and uh, so it was time to transition, which is a whole long story in of itself well i'm gonna ask you about it in just Perfect. a minute but the the how many years did you live in syracuse just in baldwinsville yeah yeah so i lived there till i was 17 okay so like the first 17 so that really is home like mm-hmm. when you go back there you're like these are my stomping grounds right what other stuff did you do when you're growing up were you interested in and in other kinds of things uh yeah gaming oh we loved video games in the madison household did you we loved them yeah what what was the best game you played Best ever. Game? I want the best ever. 
That's a really hard... Oh, never mind. It's an easy question. Smash Bros. Melee. That was our favorite growing <laughs> up. What is Smash Bros. Melee? Oh, man. So you take all the Nintendo characters, you give them fighting moves, and then you all just fight on this uh, 2D kind of space. Wow. So you get a bunch yeah. of guys who've got controllers, and they just beat the snot out of each other That's right. digitally. That's right. Got it. A lot of, lot of fights settled that way. Well, that's a good way to say. We should actually think about doing that internationally, don't you think? Definitely. We like instead solve of sending, a lot of wars. Instead of sending our wars, we just do <laughs> the Smash Bros. Yep, totally. Any other games that you played? Were you good at any? Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. So with the ADHD, you get hyper fixated on stuff mm. pretty hard if you find something you like. And so I would find a game that I liked and then I would play it until I was better than everyone else. And then <laughs> once I was better, I would quit. <laughs> and so, I mean, I played Smash Bros. for quite a while, but I played Fortnite at one point. Um, man, what else? Were you play? good at Fortnite? Oh, yeah. I was, I was pretty good. For those of you who are listening, for, most people know what Fortnite is, but F- Fortnite is a game basically where they thrust you into an island uh, off of a, they parachute you into this island, and your job is to kill everybody else on the island. That's right. Uh, when I say kill, it's very cartoony. Mm-hmm. Fortnite, like yep. if you get blown up, your the the stuff you're carrying kind of just pops out of you. It's very it's the the, the, the there's no blood or anything in Fortnite, so it's kind of it's kind of cartoon fun. Yep. But um, you can build stuff in it. That's you right. Can build like uh, walls and watching some of the guys build stuff is amazing. How quickly they can build things because they build these massive towers and then shoot everyone below or. Yep. Yeah, it's actually I I I've played Fortnite a few times and I hide in the bushes until the last three. Very and nice. And then I try to go out and launch whatever I got at him. It's a valuable strategy. It is. Works very very well. My uh, problem was that I I couldn't I didn't have the patience to wait and hide. So I was always just running out. I'd purposefully pick up the worst weapons, see how well I could do. And, uh, so How I, many did you win regularly? Oh yeah. So there's fifty. Usually, is it fifty or a hundred? There's hundred. A hundred guys yeah. get dropped onto these islands, and then you gotta fight everybody. And if you're the last one standing, you win the. Which, by the way, when my boys did this, that this was like the greatest thing in their lives. <laughs> when they did it, they were yeah. like, "This, I can't believe I won at Fortnite." Yeah. Honestly, it was like bigger than if they won the state title in whatever sport it was like but i won fortnite right yeah. everyone was posting it everywhere everyone at school was saying look at this win and the guys thought the girls liked it and yeah you know, <laughs> did they? That good stuff. No, no not at all no the girls were just they they looked at you like you're kind of strange but yeah. 600 solo wins in my pocket you know wow. I, I, felt, I felt pretty good about it that's so. pretty impressive that's a lot <laughs> wesley do you play did you, are you fortniter yeah, he says he's a big-time Fortniter. 600 solo wins? He says he's got more than 600 solo wins. <laughs> All right. I don't believe it. No, I, I don't believe I it either. It. Wesley's known for not telling the truth. Man. Um, so why did your family move? Like, you, did your family, when you were growing up, did you, were you in a Christian home, or was that sort of the vibe around there? What, what kind of church did you attend? Yeah, we, we grew up in a Christian home. Um, I would say... So my folks had attended a, uh, a Baptist church for, I think, 22, 23 years. Oh, wow. And I grew up in that church till I was in about in sixth grade. But what was it called? Oh, man. Um, but you changed no- when you were sixth grade? North Syracuse Baptist North Church. Syracuse. They changed the name, though, 
I, I forget what it's called now. Yeah. A I lot of Baptist back. churches changed it to things like the river. It, it is something like that. I noticed. <laughs> yeah. The well. Yep. Yep. Totally. Uh, it always has to do with water. Yes. Right. Yep. Right. The pond. I'd like to the see pond. some ponds. <laughs> actually, not bad. Uh, I actually saw, I think I saw one called the lake, which I was like, oh, come on, stop it already. And then you have the bridge. Everything's a bridge. Right, right. Yeah. Get to the next part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so why did you why did you end up, like sixth grade, did you change churches to another place? Yeah, so we ended up staying local. That wasn't, uh, that was just a, kind of a small move, but there was some church hurt that my parents has had at okay. our previous church, and it was kind of, uh, it, was, it was tough for us to do a little bit in the youth group, and so we tried something different, but um, it ended up being a season where we weren't in church all that much. Oh, and wow. Of course, um, my convictions were strong. They had always been strong, but um, but yeah, we we weren't in church mm. as much, you know. And we did a lot of the online stuff even before COVID, and and so that didn't really have the best effect. But you know, yeah, yeah, church hurt has a huge impact on a lot of people, and they're not sure what to do afterwards. Right? It's difficult right. to go reconnect to other places because you get worried that the same thing's going to happen. Yeah. And it's hard, right? Because we're all sinners and we we all, uh, when we're in close proximity spiritually with each other over a period of 20 some years, it's inevitable that we end up doing stuff that we hurts each other. Right. So it's hard, but it's hard for a lot of people to get over. In fact, I think one of, that's one of the chief reasons that people have what they call de-churched mm-hmm. these days. It's, and it's not a, uh, the de-churching has not been like a de-Christianing. Uh, for some it has, but de-churching has largely been because they just have really struggled with some of the pain and heartache that has taken place in certain churches, and uh, it's really hard to get o- to overcome. It's a real right. challenge. Yeah. Has your family been able to overcome it? Yeah. No? Yeah. Praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I think uh, it, it was it was tough to find a church home because eventually, after that season, of course, we moved to Virginia, and that was another uprooting for us, um, and so. I ended up going to community college there, and I ended up actually plugging into a church through that a, a, a club at that community college. Yeah. But my folks kind of looked around for a while, but they finally got settled. Okay. Uh, Where in Virginia? Uh, Richmond area, Chesterfield. Richmond? Yeah. Were you north of Richmond? Were you guys rich? No. no Sorry, we, I we just heard rich. a song at one point <laughs> from someone who looked a lot like you. Did you? Are you the guy who sang that song? That was me. The rich men north of Richmond. <laughs> right? Am I right? Right? He looks just like the dude. No. Okay. Not me. <laughs> so uh, Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. Why? Did your your dad got relocated in his work, or just took a new job? Yeah. So my dad had just taken a new job down there. They wanted to get somewhere warmer, and the uh, the economy in Syracuse was not the greatest, and so he's looking for something different. Is it warm in Richmond? In Richmond, Virginia. More than Syracuse. Definitely more than Syracuse. I, I would say somewhat. I would say Richmond is the most northern part of the south. Oh, you say, okay. let's go to the south. I'd say that's about Richmond is, is the northern part of it. Okay. Something like that. Got it. That's the song. That's right. Richmond, north of Richmond. Richmond. Yep. Um, so what did your dad do? What kind of work did he do? Yeah, so my dad did a lot of um, financial Work. Oh wow! So he, uh, it's it's crazy. It's his own testimony, but he had a lot of um, upheaval with work, and uh, it seems like no matter what he did, he could be the best uh, grade A employee, but that he just continually was messed over. Mm. Um, and so, 
we just ended up in Richmond, and he continued doing work down there. But um, praise the Lord, I would say he largely redeemed that for my dad because mm. um, my dad got to start working with the IMB, the International Missions Board. Right, with Southern Baptist. Right, yeah. And, uh, and man, that's been so cool because um, now, like, of course you use your gifts and your talents under the Lord when you're supporting your family and sure. leading your family. But now his work specifically is a ministry. Yeah, it feel, sometimes it, it feels more direct in right. some ways yeah. if that's if you're doing something like that, right? Supporting yeah. or sponsoring missionaries or helping them. So it's, he currently works for the the yeah. International Mission Board. Yeah, the Southern Baptist. That's fantastic. That's really great. Now, how many how many uh, kids are there in your in your immediate family? Is it just you and Tom? There's there's four boys. So oh my goodness! Tom's the oldest, and I'm the youngest. How much older than you is Tom? He's 91 and I'm 99. So about eight, eight years. years. Yeah. So did you ever really spend any time with him when he no. was, he was the, <laughs> he was the oldest boy just paying no attention to you? A, a little bit. He was busy with his girlfriend a lot, really. Busy with, I'm sorry, who? With his, with his girlfriend. Oh, oh. Mm, busy with his girlfriend doing his music thing, <laughs> wearing his 2000s clothes and hats and shoes and. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And you were a little brother. How so? What are the ages? Be, how many? How how many years older than you is the next oldest? Uh, just older than me is well, he's ninety seven. He's about two and a half years older than me. Okay. Yeah. And then above him is going to be ninety three. Yeah. They got about a three year gap or so, and then ninety one. Okay. Tom. And where are all your brothers living and working? Yeah. So. My oldest brother, Tom's down in, in Florida now. He's working as a, a worship pastor down there. Oh, cool. My, uh, my brother. Oh, I know that. Sorry. I figured I'd share for the viewers. There's no viewers. <laughs> the listeners. Okay. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then my, my brother, Dave, he's the second oldest. He's a professional firefighter down in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Wow. And uh, he does power washing on the side. They got their business down there and. Then my brother is just older than me. He works at Liberty University. Okay. Did you attend Liberty University? I did. Did I everyone attend Liberty University out of your family? Actually, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how far is Liberty from? Because it's in Virginia. Right. How far is it from where you lived? Uh, depends how fast you drove. I could get there in about an hour and a half. Oh, wow. So that's, I mean, yeah. close-ish to home. Yeah. Clo it was close enough I could get there Why the did weekend. you choose Liberty? Why? Yeah. What's the thing with Liberty? I don't know. Until it, I came to Chicago, <laughs> I, I just, I, I never really knew much about it at all. All I knew was Jerry Falwell's old school. Isn't that right? Jerry Falwell's? Looking around the room because I. Yeah. Yeah. I, I chose Liberty because mostly because just my calling that the Lord had called me to, but uh, it was kind of an easy choice. My older brothers had all gone there. Tom started it. He went to Liberty because he wanted to go, you know, have a uh, music writing and worship degree. And that's a, that's a, th they have a big program there. Right. Right. Okay. Yep. It's, it's pretty good. And, and then my, my brother Dave went there and it's so funny. He said, I want to go to college to find a wife. And so he went and was there a semester and he started dating a girl and sure enough, she became his wife. He never finished his degree. Well, he went there for a wife. Right. He left with a wife. He graduated and not a with. Degree. He got what he needed to get. That's what he wanted. So uh, <laughs> I imagine, because it's the largest Christian college anywhere. Anywhere, uh, I think I'm not sure. I is think it Grand the Canyon Christian University. Oh, Grand bigger. Canyon might be bigger. Yeah, 
But okay, so but Liberty's kind of like uh, a lot of people who attend there are pretty serious. So I mean, Grand Canyon is sort of sometimes sometimes Christian, sometimes not. But right. Liberty seems like it's all like all pretty committed Christian people, or supposedly. So uh, I would imagine that there's so many people get married. Oh yeah, out of it, like it's big ring by spring culture. Nice for sure. Did you meet your wife there? I did meet my wife there. She Good was word. in uh, all of my classes with me. I couldn't get away from her actually. <laughs> were you trying? Were you trying? <laughs> uh, at first, we were both trying to Did get away from this? each other. Actually, we we both actually uh, were trying to get away from each other at the beginning. But uh, how many years were you at Liberty before you met her? I met her my first semester. Really? So she was in your classes your first semester. Yep. Which was when I was a junior. At were you interested in her at that point? Uh, there was so there was a little bit of flirtation at first. On whose part? Both of our parts. Oh, really? It was, it was mutual. But what ended up happening was I made a joke, and I, I like to tease girls that I like, that I crush on. You know, that's that's what young men do is they tease girls they have a crush on. So that's what I did. And uh, sure enough, she took it completely serious and thought I was the biggest jack wagon this side of the Mississippi. Like, she did not like me at all. And so she stopped talking to me, and we, uh, the brief moment of friendship that we had was over but uh sure enough we had a professor dr king love dr king awesome teacher hilarious guy history in the police force and i'm pretty sure the swat actually mm. so big police guy big strong dude had a uh, two doctorates and i don't know different studies anyway smart guy early class very early in the morning everyone is uh super tired but he make the funniest jokes Policemen, they make the funniest jokes. You know, when you're in that kind of line of work, you got to be funny. And so he'd make the funniest jokes, but only my wife Shania and I would be laughing. And you want to laugh with somebody. Yeah. And so we'd look over to each other and start laughing together. And sure enough, the, uh, the you know, the sparks little anger. Sparks flew. Yep. Sparks flew. The anger fizzled. It was on. <laughs> All right. So how, how uh, when did you first did you first ask her out? Did you ask her out, or did you guys just kind of find yourselves in a location together? And hey, I kind of dig you. It was it was more of the the latter, the second. There, we uh, we kind of because you're a coward. Is that why? Nope, not okay. at all. Nope, not at all. Um, <laughs> no, we just actually ended up becoming best friends, um, and we would just hang out all the time. And so I would say, hey. Sunset's beautiful. You get, want to go for a drive. We'd get in the car, windows down, music up, and just drive and enjoy the view. And sure enough, um, we did that long enough. And we actually had six reasons why we shouldn't date. What were they? I don't remember. One of them Who was- Who came up with them? Her? Both of us. Both really? Of us. We, we came up together because we're, like, we're like, maybe we should date. And we're like, no, here's six reasons we should not and uh, one of them was, was I was fresh out of a relationship and kind of struggling through that. And I didn't want to enter into a relationship when my heart wasn't there, of course. Mm. And so we waited and um, we just kept hanging out and being friends and enjoying each other. And slowly but surely we'd bring that up. Hey, should we date? And the number would go from six to maybe three. Finally, one night, I was like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I want to date you. She said, well, well, we had a ton of reasons why we shouldn't. I was like, okay, well, let's revisit them. We went through the list, and one by one, none of them applied. You anymore. have a very rational relationship. Can I just tell you that right there? 
Are you guys big pros and cons people? Because that's what it sounds like. I want to date you. Well, let me pull out a pros and cons list. <laughs> we just didn't want to uh, approach it foolishly. You know, yep. we had had our fair share of hurts in the past. And so right. we, were, we were cautious. So how long did you date her before you asked her to marry you? We dated for, I want to say, 10 months. Okay. Dated for 10 months, engaged for... Yeah, how'd you ask her? Five. Oh, yeah, that's a good story. I uh, we, we we'll, be, we'll be the judge of that. Okay, you tell me. You tell me if it's a good one. Okay. <laughs> we uh, I took her for a hike, and actually, I'd planned it out way ahead. I I got us reservations at the nicest restaurant in town, and uh, I told her parents. Of course, I had that conversation with her dad, and he. Uh, I told him I wanted to marry his daughter, and we sat in that coffee shop for two hours before he said yes. <laughs> and then he finally said yes. So we planned it out with them, and uh, they had packed a dress and everything in my trunk without her knowing for the nice restaurant. But I said I was taking her on a hike, so we go up onto Sharp Top is what it's called. Sharp Top. Mm-hmm. Sharp Top. It's maybe two to three miles, but it's very, very steep. You know, it's in the name. Mm-hmm. And so I'd never hiked it before, though, and I was somewhat of an avid hiker back then. And, uh, and so we start going, and it's freezing cold. It's bitter cold. It, it was in January. Mm. It's bitter cold in January. And um, meanwhile, leading up to it, she had mentioned, hey, let's just get married. And I would tell her, well, you know, I haven't talked to your dad yet, and I don't have the money for a ring. Well, then fast forward to the day we're on the hike. I got the ring in my pocket, talked to her dad months ago, and that was still the story. I wanted to. So she had no idea this was coming. No, this was just a cold weather hike to her. Yep, just a cold weather hike. We want to get out and hike, and and so that's what it was. And we started going to the top, and um, we get up to the top where I was going to propose, and it's bitter cold. Mm. You can't even stand it. The wind was absurd. It felt somewhat like Chicago has felt Mm, the the past few days. Absolutely terrible. You can only stay in it so long. And so I'm like, well, I can't propose up here. It's way too cold. So. I start moving down the mountain and I told her, I said, Hey, I got this, uh, I got this tripod from Walmart. It was on the clearance rack. I just thought it'd be cool to take some pictures or something with it. She's like, okay. And so I finally find a spot with a little bit of a clearing and I set the camera down and, uh, I'm like, hold on. Why don't you, why don't you just move back a little bit, have her take a few steps back to get in frame just right. And, and then, uh, I go to pose and take a picture and start smiling. She totally thinks we're just taking a photo. And then, uh, sure enough, then I get on my knee. And you drop down me. to one knee right there. Of course, right there. Were you, was it taking automatic pictures or videoing? I was, so I ended up doing a video. Nice. Got the whole thing on video, the whole two and a half minutes. Right. So did she scream? She, she cried. She couldn't quite say much. And I couldn't say anything either. I was on my knee and I was just crying. I was crying and I couldn't pull myself together. Wow. And so uh, finally I did and I asked her and of course she said yes. So... Then we rushed down the mountain because our reserve. I, another thing about ADHD people is we, we struggle with time awareness sometimes, engaging how long something will take. Yeah. I didn't know how long the hike, the hike would take. So we have our dinner reservations in 30 minutes and we're at the top of the mountain. Piece of cake. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. So, so we run down the mountain and we end up getting, we push our reservation back 30 minutes or so and you get there it. just in the nick of time. All right. That's great. And the rest is history. The rest is history. And you've been married seven months. Seven months, long time. And <laughs> first year. How's it going? It's good. It's uh it's been a year of challenges, really. Mm. Um, well, you guys have moved from mm-hmm. uh Virginia. 
yeah. to Chicago. And neither of you are from Chicago. That's right. She's Where's actually she? from California. Where in California is she from? Oh, uh, San Francisco area. Yeah. Yeah. So much, much different than here. Well, she's <laughs> closer to where she's from, but not that much. Yep. Not, not enough to yeah. be meaningful. But, uh, so yeah. I hard, it's hard to move uh, to a new place. What are the challenges you've found in Chicago? And what are the stuff that you like? Yeah. Um, something I've loved already about Chicago is just the church family, especially over there at the Aurora campus. I mean, they're great. They're awesome. Yeah. They're so loving and they just enfold you and invite you um, and make you family right away. You've eaten a lot of corn down there, have you? I, no, I haven't. Even though there are a lot of cornfields, there are a lot of cornfields. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of corn. There are. I haven't had any corn. All the people (laughs) at the Aurora campus know that that's a joke from me to them, because whenever I go down there, make Mm. jokes about how the corn on the other there's a field right next to it. This ton of corn. I've heard. I've heard that this is a common joke. Yeah. (laughs) Which is funny because Aurora's like the second biggest city in right. It's huge, (laughs) but it's really spread out, so they make room for the corn. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Yeah. it's great. It's great, but, but they yeah. are fantastic people down there. I always enjoy oh, spending yeah. time down in Aurora. But yeah. they're very, a very welcoming group, and I, you've enjoyed getting to know those folks? Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've loved it, just making friends down there and having community. Um, it's been such a blessing, and, you know, it's it makes the move easier because, you know, you start a marriage. That's a big life event. Yeah. You move across the country. That's a big life event. You start a new job. I actually started a job at Liberty and then left that one to come here. So I started two new jobs, Yeah, you know, that were both very challenging jobs. I've loved working here. Yeah, It's been wonderful. It's, it's, there's been so much purpose in it and I know it's what God's called me to. And so yeah, that's great. it's been the sweet spot, but, but it's, you know, it's a tough job. Yeah. I've never been a pastor before. So, yeah. you know. Well, dude, I started out in youth ministry. It was great. Love working with kids. Yeah, absolutely. They're fantastic. So, uh, so are, do you, you oversee the high school and the middle school? That's right. Okay. So, uh, six through 12th. Yep. Yeah. That's, and when do you guys meet? We meet Sunday nights at, uh, 5 PM. Oh, right. What's your favorite part of your get to, of your gatherings? Oh man. Food. Food is game. good. The food no, is game. D- the games are fun. Do you like doing the, are, are you, do you like, uh, speaking to I love teaching. Cool. I love teaching. It's a lot of fun. Um, or preaching. Yeah. I guess there's there's nope. a little bit of a difference, but yeah, similar. I understand. Yeah. So I love doing that, and um, I believe the Lord's gifted me in that way, and so I I really enjoy it. You know, yeah. I think it's cool that the Lord gifts us in things that often we really enjoy, and so we get to to you know do the callings that He's placed in us joyfully. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, it's it's super fun. I love teaching. I love um, just hanging out with the students, goofing around. The other night we had popcorn, and uh, and I decided I'd serve it up because you know our other our growth group leaders were busy. So it was a uh, get your popcorn, come get your popcorn. It was love just it. it was a lot of fun. Where do you, <laughs> do you have like one of those big old fashioned cost, cost, popcorn makers? We got it. Yeah, we got it. Okay, big so I've seen those maker. around Harvest, and I'm like, man, that's that's like that. They're serious about it. It's nifty to have. I, I got a lot of popcorn sitting in my office, so Is that what glad you, to have it. That's what you do in the, your off off hours. That's right. Just I pop popcorn. Just eat popcorn. You and John Bell <laughs> yep. munching down on the popcorn. That's right. I say, John, I got another round of popcorn. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Man, I, I'm going to need some more. This is the only third round. John Bell is the campus pastor down there, for those of you who might not know. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's great. So is this what you want to do? 
in in your like you're thinking no i would like to be in ministry all my days or i would like to be in youth ministry all my days or is like is your heart like no actually one day i think that i would like to like take my own church and i would or is that just not something you think about the next step you're kind of like nah i'm happy doing this Uh, it's a mix of the two i right now i love doing ministry youth ministry and this is where god has me you know he's he's planted me here this is the assignment and so i'm committed to it um, not to be too heavy, but but one thing I often see in ministry is a lot of youth pastors, they take on their role as a stepping stone to something else. Yeah. And I hate that. It's horrible. It's a disservice to the kids. Yeah, and can be. Sure. Yep. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm here until the next assignment is is the plan. Um, but yeah, I'd love to maybe one day, if, if the Lord gave it to me, to pastor a church or I've considered missions too. And, oh, wow, yeah. Um, so wherever the Lord places me. Well, I mean, your dad being involved in an international mission board would give you access to all sorts of interesting things, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Southern Baptists do all sorts of great work all over the, all over the world. They really do. They're really active in church planting, uh, all over the place. So it's really great to see, uh, where in Guatemala, where I've been several times and I have a, my, uh, family, I have a family member who was a missionary there. The Southern Baptist missionaries always had like the best places, Hmm. And they hosted more uh, of the local ministry than most anybody else because they had these, you know, the, the mission board actually pays them a reasonable right. wage so that they're able to afford stuff like that and get people to come and make it so, so that the house is really in, inviting and all that. Right. It's amazing how much they equip and uh, that they just provide for their yeah. missionaries so that they can focus on missions. No, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, man, it's really great to talk to you. I feel like I want to do lightning round now. Okay, let's okay, do it. Okay, so lightning round. Uh, if you had to cheer for a sports team, which one would it be? Passionately. Oh, man. Sorry, this is it's lightning is supposed to be fast. Yeah, you're supposed to answer whatever comes to your mind. And if the answer is, uh, <laughs> if the answer is none, that's none. fine. Okay. The answer is none. Really? Not going to cheer for Okay, if you got up <laughs> tomorrow morning and I said for the next five hours you'd do whatever you want, what are you doing? I'd lay in bed. I'd lay in bed and sleep. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> What's what? What? What is the early? What? What is the, your normal wake up time? Uh, lately it's it's been a mix, but maybe around seven thirty, eight. Yeah, something like that. What would not, you like not horrible. Be? I I could I could rock out with a steady nine nine to ten. Don't have kids. Not yet. How many kids Hopefully. do you want? Oh man, uh, at least. Would three. you like kids? I'd love to. At least three. At least three. Yeah. How's your wife feel about that? She wants five. Five. Okay. Lunatic. No. No. <laughs> no. They're, that that sounds like a lot of fun. No, it's a blessing. Uh, yep. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, okay. My lightning rounds because my brain stopped, but I have other things. Oh, what's your favorite food? Oh, man. I, I love making some good street tacos. Really? Yeah. How much, how, many, have you, how much pizza have you eaten here in Chicago? Not too much. What are you doing? The wrong thing, apparently. Listen, I've, I've had some Giord- I've had some Giordano's. I've had Lumonati's. When I visited, oh, what's Tom, your favorite? Which one do you like better? This is, says a lot about a man. We we did a, a pizza competition between and? the two, and uh, Giordano's won by two points out of oh. fifty. It was out oh. of fifty, and they won by two. A lot of people get very angry at that response. It was tight. I like them both, man. Why can't, why can't we like them both? 
You have to pick. You made me pick. Did I? <laughs> you did. Yeah. No, I made you pick so that you'd be so a number of people would be offended. <laughs> uh, what you, I, what street tacos? That's your favorite. What's the best street taco? Are you dodging the pizza question? No, what's the best street? What's the best? Uh, listen, I'll ask the questions here. <laughs> what, what's, what's the best street taco? We've, we've, uh, so we'll usually make like a chorizo and chicken at home. Oh. But uh, we've been really enjoying um, Jalisco Autentico down in uh, down, downtown Aurora. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's been really good. That's great. So that's the best restaurant that you've found here in the last few months. That's, that's close to us. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, what do you hope you are able to do in Chicago that you've not been able to do yet? Oh, the, I, the lightning round sure. stopped. <laughs> <laughs> you keep asking me hard questions I haven't thought about before. I don't know. Uh, you don't like like go, do go skating downtown? I can't skate. Okay. Do you want to go? Uh, <laughs> did you go to the light show in Aurora? There's like this massive light thing what, during with Christmas. the house. Yeah, that I don't was, know. That was pretty cool. All I saw that there was a, there was a big old massive free drive-through light thing. Oh, I didn't see the free one. Oh, ours costed money. Oh wow. It was it was real bougie, but they uh, they got us in there real quick and got us out. Okay. It was fun though. You uh you haven't been, when did you get here? Uh, October 22nd. Okay, so you haven't been here in the summer. No, not yet. All right. Well, we, I w I'd love to get up to, to the lake in the summer. Yeah, Chicago in the summer is quite amazing, I got to mm. tell you. Looking forward to it. Yeah, you should be. Daniel, it's great to talk to you. Do you like people calling you Daniel? I don't mind it. Okay. I, I could go with Dan, Daniel. Danny? Whatever. Dan, Danny's acceptable. Really? Uh, usually my mother and my oldest brother call or me Danny. Danny. Bye. Shania seldom calls me Danny. Does she? Oh, I don't want to call you the same thing your wife calls you. That's weird. Seldom. Seldom. Oh, my seldom. Mother, my mother calls me Danny. What's your middle name? <laughs> Mark. Daniel Mark. Daniel Mark Madison. Yep. I got that a lot growing up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's great to have you, man. Thanks so much for being willing to uh, both talk to me and also come here to Chicago. It's quite an adventure. It's sure. really uh, noble to see a young guy like you and your wife have the willingness to go serve Jesus in places that they haven't been before. Yeah. It's not a common thing. You know that, I mean, a lot of people mm. are like, I'm going to, I want to serve Jesus. I want to serve him within this square radius, <laughs> mm. which is, it's fine. Uh, the problem is you, you shut off some of the really cool, some really cool opportunities and ways that yeah. God could use you all over the place. So I'm really excited to, that you came, you've come here. And I really, I pray that Chicago becomes a real a great home for you. Well, it's been a blessing already. It is, yeah. And people down at Aurora, seriously, they're fantastic. And uh, I always love going down there. I do. I wish I could go, wish I, wish I could go there more. Yeah. But apparently the people who schedule my time don't care that enough about them. So <laughs> I say that because Sherry's over in the corner and she schedules my time. Anyways, great <laughs> talk to you. Thanks so much. For the rest of you, we'll catch you next time. Okay. See ya.